Welcome to the One Within All to the Innerverse podcast. I'm your host, Chance, and I'd like to begin this episode with an invocation of the source and singularity of all life. We call upon the Most High, the creative intelligence that patterns and permeates all reality as the omnipresent and indivisible life force energy that also animates our bodies and allows all differentiated forms to be in connection and harmony across the cosmos. We give thanks, praise, and honor to the supreme, eternal, and active being of which our individual lives are a holistic expression. We ask for the total aspect of our true self to speak to us through the words shared in this podcast and guide us along our paths towards the fulfillment of our spiritual quests in these many incarnations of the one life who are sharing this present moment of awareness. The power and goodness of the source and singularity of life is now invited in to provide our podcast with limitless healing potential for all present. So it is. Today's guest is RJ Spina, a living example of the power that we just invoked and how it can recreate even the most shattered of body vessels into more uniquely beautiful containers for the spirit by fusing the broken pieces back together with golden threads of gratitude and impervious particles of infinite possibility. Back in 2016, RJ became permanently paralyzed from the chest down while being simultaneously diagnosed with a plethora of inopportune illnesses from which the medical establishment wholeheartedly assured him were incurable and his days of walking would be perpetually postponed. But far from taking it lying down, RJ assured his caretakers that he'd be walking again unassisted and soon. Within 100 days after his emergency surgery, he did exactly that. And since his marvelous mind over matter miracle, RJ has been teaching others exactly how he elevated his health with the impervious and interminable higher mind that we're all endowed with, regardless of the state of our physical body. At his website, ascendthefrequencies.com, and through his many books, RJ guides many people, many an aspiring seeker, to do as he has done. And today, we're going to hear his story for ourselves. Before we get started, remember to check the show notes for links to RJ Spina's many offerings and for links on ways you can support Interverse via our excellent affiliates or through booking a biofield tuning with yours truly. 
And now let's initiate this spiritual shindig with the astonishing ascender of life's infinite frequencies and self-healing educator. RJ Spina, welcome to the universe, man. And thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much for having That was a beautiful invocation, Chance. That was gorgeous. And th- thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Ah, this is going to be a good one. I just know it. <laughs> uh, the, I'm really starting. I've, I've known it forever, but, you know, the awareness of how powerful it is to invoke that source and singularity you can't really underestimate it man uh you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah it is it's the source point just as you said it's it is um the the wellspring of being and non-being where all creation starts and when we when we work from that what i call the miracle machine then truly there's no such thing as is impossible and that's not just a slogan. I mean that literally and figuratively. Nothing is impossible. We're working with the unlimited nature of, of the source point itself. Nothing is impossible. I think that you're the living proof of that, my man. And uh, I've actually kind of pur- purposefully avoided hearing out the whole story as told from your own mouth about how you went from paralyzed from the chest down to teaching other people their self-healing potential so i'd love if we can begin that story you know who you may have thought you were before that event and lead us through all of that you know i'll jump in if i have specific questions i want to flesh out as we go sure sure uh uh, we'll give a little context uh in that uh, as a little kid uh my really my earliest memories are me leaving my body so I, I came into this incarnation very detached from the human experience uh, that hasn't that hasn't changed. So uh, it was normal for me to uh, leave my body, leave this reality, leave this frequency, and I, I started to understand who and what I I really am, what we all are, from a very very early age. Um, I, I led a normal life in the sense that um, I had normal jobs normal relationships. I never felt normal. That's for sure. Um, there were various periods of my life. We would say there were moments of, um, gigantic steps towards my own, uh, liberation and enlightenment. It's, it's never just one moment. There's many, many things that occurred in my life that led up to waking up from emergency surgery in a state of cosmic consciousness uh, but with that being said, Chance, we can kind of fast forward, if you like, all the way to April 23rd, 2016. So I <clears throat> I was uh, diagnosed with uh, sepsis. Uh, I was told that I had 48 hours to live. Uh, I was encouraged to write a will, by the way. Uh, I was diagnosed with multiple chronic diseases, uh, and as well as I had become paralyzed and i was told permanently paralyzed from the chest down from the this large infection essentially from t5 all the way to t10 with the majority of the the, the compression of my spine the, the crushing of my spine t7 and t8 and people can see mris of this on my website um <clears throat> did so you I just was, wake up one day and this was going on or were there was there a lead up to it there was a lead up to it. So I, I, had, I had been feeling this happened, happened April 23rd, as I said, 2016. So, but I would say I started to feel uh, quite ill uh, in November leading up to that. 
Uh, and I kind of attribute it to just being exhausted, just working too much. Um, but it got progressively worse and worse and worse. Um, about six weeks, six to eight weeks. No, actually, it was March 2nd, which is, like, I guess, about six or seven weeks anyway. So March 2nd, I had been feeling so bad that I went to the uh, I, I went to the ER. And that's when they said that. Um, I had I had a major major infection, and they started giving me these antibiotics. I was there for about two weeks, uh, but I was fully functional. Uh, but they said that I had a major major infection, and so they started giving me the antibiotics. They released me after two weeks, and uh, they said I had to take this antibiotic for rough for roughly eight weeks. They had put a, a, a stent into my arm. The antibiotics were so powerful that you, you had to do it through a stent in my in my upper arm, and uh, after. I guess six or seven weeks, it clearly wasn't working because uh, I literally became paralyzed. So whatever they were giving me wasn't working in terms of an antibiotic. And I was uh, rushed, rushed to the, uh, the emergency room where they performed uh, what they called emergency life-saving surgery, where they performed something called a laminectomy. Now, laminectomy is when they, they scrape the infection off your spine. Now, Chance the spine itself, the actual spine is is it's like a, a jelly-like substance. And it has no automatic healing or self-repair or self-healing properties to it. So when your actual spine is touched or damaged, it it doesn't recuperate, it doesn't get better. And hence, this is why once you're you're paralyzed, quote unquote, you're you're paralyzed. So I was rushed in. I had that uh a laminectomy, that emergency surgery. <clears throat> Uh, and then, and that's when I was told that for, I had 48 hours to live just before they rushed me in, we're going to perform this surgery. Hopefully this takes care of it, that, that kind of thing, but make out a will, uh, doesn't look good, but we'll do our best, Mr. Spina, et cetera, et cetera. So I woke up exactly at 3 a.m. By the way, I woke up exactly at 3 a.m. Um, in the, in the ICU. Now, the first thing I did was I, I was checking to see if I believe it or not still have my body. So I was touching myself to see if I was still intact. And then I can recall as I was touching myself, my hand, once I got to about where my chest kind of meets my upper torso, I, didn't, I couldn't feel anything anymore. So all the way down, down, down to my toes, obviously, was uh, completely numb and completely, completely paralyzed. Now, to me, <laughs> the interesting part, <clears throat> about that, not not so much paralysis, which, by the way, feels like if you've ever been buried in the sand as a kid, like you've ever been buried in the sand, like up to your neck, and you it, it, it's tight, you can't move, you can't move a single inch. That's what that's what paralysis feels. Like. Uh, at least that's how it felt to me. So, in that moment when I woke up and I realized what the what the situation was, the information. The knowingness, and it's it, it 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 was a muscle memory chance. It's it's I I remembered all the higher consciousness, enlightened metaphysics of self healing and self realization. I knew that I would unparalyze myself. I knew that I would put myself back together. I knew that I would overcome um, the sepsis. I knew that I would overcome a litany of chronic diseases, <clears throat> and I knew that I would walk out of there. And oh, when I had awakened from that surgery, the ICU nurse came in. She saw that I was awake. 
she just asked me how I'm doing. And I can remember vividly said, I'm doing great. I said, I'm, I'm going to walk out of here. I, I can, I, I know exactly how self-healing and enlightenment actually works. It's a, it's a metaphysical process that's, that's repeatable that anyone can actually learn. And I started explaining in great detail what became the Ascend the Frequencies healing technique, which is captured in, in, in my first book, Supercharged Self-Healing. I started so explaining can, it in great detail. Can, yeah. Uh, you just, you remembered it as in, you didn't know it at any point in your life before that, but when you woke up, you, it, it, it came through like an epiphany as if you'd always known it or like a memory. That, that's exactly right. So when I was a kid, I used to say to my, my family and my friends, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself. So that was something I used to say. Now, if someone would have asked me then, okay, RJ, well, then how do you do it? I, I wouldn't have been able to uh, be specific about how it works, but I knew that I knew. I, I could feel it in my bones. I knew, uh, but it wasn't time. Now, the, the, the remembering, <clears throat> the knowledge, the know-how, the talents, the abilities, however you want to say that, didn't come online specifically until it was time. And it was obviously time. I was I was about in as bad a situation. Forty eight hours to live, permanently paralyzed, with all these diseases. So it's a uh, you know the clock had had struck. It was it was time. Uh, and when I woke up from surgery, I really woke up in a completely different state of, of consciousness. Uh, I had been doing past life readings in my twenties. I've, I've always had clairsentience, clairvoyance, claircognizance. Like I said, I came into this incarnation, leaving my body, interacting with <clears throat> advanced beings things like that. I've always done that. Uh, but this, this was different. Um, uh, we joke around that it was uh, RJ 2.0. So <laughs> everything, it, it's like my entire operating system had been heavily updated and upgraded. It's like going from rabbit ears on the old black and white television where you get from channels two to 13 to uh, <clears throat> a satellite dish, satellite television that could get 600 channels with incredible bandwidth and receptivity. It's like, my my senses and my acumen and my understanding of things had been increased in ways that it it, it almost seems unfathomable. Uh, sounds like a shim, sounds like shamanic healing crisis initiation. It I, I, this what I now understand is that I plan to have this incredible. I gave my last name is Spina, which means spine. Right, that's what I was thinking this whole time. Yeah, I'm a words so, guy, so I couldn't miss that one. Yeah, so I mean, I this is my life plan. So my life plan was to give myself a, a great big challenge and to see myself, to prove to myself yet again that I could put I could put my destroyed body back together and then be able to offer up these enlightened teachings to humanity so humanity could do it for themselves. So all this came rushing back to me when I woke up from the emergency surgery and I literally knew exactly how to do it. I explained everything that I would do. I knew that I would heal myself, even though I was told it was absolutely impossible. The neurosurgeon, after I announced to everyone that I would heal myself and do it in exactly 100 days, right after that, the neurosurgeon, who's fantastic, came in and literally said, just so you know, you cannot get better. The damage is done. I've been doing, I've been doing laminectomies for 25 years. This is in La Jolla, California. He was a world-renowned neurosurgeon. He's great. Dr. Qureshi. Dr. Qureshi, who let me interview him, by the way, I've never published it, but he let me interview him explaining that I was totally paralyzed and I healed myself, like I said. it. Um, but he informed me and my partner and the infectious disease doctor and the doctor that was overseeing my care at the <clears throat> at the at the hospital, at the ICU, he said, you just you can't get better. 
it's just the way it is. But hopefully, you, you know, we've gotten rid of the sepsis and you're going to be able to, you know, live the rest of your life, but you'll, you'll certainly do it paralyzed from the chest down. Um, and as that turns out, and as I knew, that wasn't the case. That, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I really resonate with the aspect of knowing things that you never learned in this life or remembering things. <laughs> I had a period in my early 20s where for like the length of a summer, I knew a bunch of stuff just innately about how energy medicine worked, about how healing trauma worked, about expansion of consciousness, how to trans like transmit consciousness expansion to people around me, all kinds of stuff that I, I don't know exactly what happened, but <laughs> at some point it was, I, I kind of lost it again. I always, and maybe you agree with this, but I kind of equate the, how much we know about who we are and what we're here for and how the universe works, how life works, metaphysically speaking, is a function of how much energy is in our body vessel uh, or how coherent our energy is or how uh, single pointed, in a sense, our our will and, and our intention is. So at the point where you woke up, perhaps it's the the pure, unadulterated intention of I am going to get better that brought such a level of coherence to your energy field that it your total higher self or a much vaster aspect of yourself became accessible. You know, the Platonist schools of ancient Greek philosophers, they would say all all learning is actually remembering. <laughs> And so there's this thing that happened to me that's kind of similar where I knew all this stuff that then I, I spent years of my life after that learning in <laughs> linear time how that stuff worked and kind of like retracing my steps back to how was it that I was doing all that stuff <laughs> and kind of building up my foundation so that when I reaccess the, the energy medicine potential to share with others that I would have a a way in which I could distribute it in a larger scale, which is this, the podcast and all that. So I'm really, I'm really fascinated by <laughs> some of the things that you alluded to, but I want to talk more about those 100 days. Can you describe the, the process of like, you know, where, where you were when you woke up chest down, paralyzed to walking on your own? Were, were there anything interesting? points along the way in that story i'm sure there were a lot of a lot of uh marveling of the the hospital staff i bet well what what isn't or what was taken out of the book uh well the first thing i would say is uh you know what was what were those hundred days like uh agony on a level that i think very few human beings ever experience there's no, there's no question about that the level of pain and what it actually takes to reignite dead nerves by channeling energy through it. Um, uh, my body used to shake uncontrollably in complete and utter agony. So it was, uh, and I don't talk about it too much, but it's the absolute truth. Um, what I had to go through and withstand uh, to be able to heal myself, unparalyze myself and, and move past so-called genetic diseases um, took every ounce of me. It was the greatest challenge I could have given myself. So it was an incredible amount of agony. In fact, I'll, I'll even the first the first 13 days. 
there was absolutely no sensation below my uh, from the chest down no sensation whatsoever i couldn't i couldn't move anything and in fact uh the neurosurgeon he was he was coming in in the very beginning in the first week i think maybe even every day or every other day he would come into my room and he would touch my toes you know ask me if i could feel that no he would see if i could move anything i said I said, no. And then after a week, I, I didn't see him again, because I think at that point it had confirmed for him that, you know, like I said, you're permanently paralyzed. The damage is severe. And like I said, you can see the MRI. It's a, it, there's, there's a video on my website. You can actually see the MRI and you can see Dr. Qureshi's surgeon notes, complete paraplegia, pre-surgery, complete paraplegia, post post-surgery. Yeah. So, that's uh people should go check that out. I'll link that in the show notes. It's like three minutes. I did watch that. <laughs> if, you know, if people are curious about the the documentation that they, they want to see the proof that what you're saying is true. It is 100% true. Yeah. This is not a, a medical fiction or a spiritual canard, some story. Uh, and I was permanently paralyzed and I transcended it. So the, but on the 13th day, and that's also in that video. And I took video and I had staff take video because I knew I was going to unparalyze myself and I knew I needed to document. So I always told them, I said, when I start doing stuff, you have to you have to film me, take my phone and you have to film me. And so all that stuff that you saw in that video, that's nurses, that's doctors, that's physical therapists, because I stayed there for, for two months. That's them filming me because I wanted it. I wanted it captured. I knew no one would believe me. So. Uh, on the 13th day chance, I was in the rehab. I was in the gym. I had been transferred to a rehab facility that's part of Sharp Memorial Hospital. It's part of it. So when I qualified to go into the uh, the rehab facility, not just get discharged. So <clears throat> I can remember like it was yesterday uh, being on this. It's a big, big mat that's that's kind of elevated. And everyone in there is is hurting. Uh, to say the least, a lot of brain injuries in there, people paralyzed from the neck down, people that were in car accidents, motorcycle accidents, uh, severe medical things where, you know, nothing works anymore. So I was I was just one of many in a very, very difficult position. But I can remember being on the mat. And I, I can remember the moment about focusing, about focusing with with more than I thought was possible. And that's the video where you see my leg kick. You see, I had those long socks on and the leg, the leg kicks up, the leg kicks up. And then I remember saying, please, please go get um, the infectious disease doctor who had treated me the six weeks prior. We developed a relationship. I said, please, please go get him. He needs to see this because I told him I was going to walk. And I remember him rushing in. He started crying. So uh, the focus, the will, the determination, the, the ability to go through what would be the biggest challenge possible um, was was rewarded with not just my healing, but my my authentic uh, liberation from suffering. Now, I want to add one thing to this. So the the pain is so far beyond anything that that I thought was even possible. The levels of pain. The the first ten days I was there because you have to do the rehab. You have to keep doing it in order for insurance to pay for the rehab. I was so sick from the sepsis, weak and paralyzed from the chest down, that everything that was happening was them moving me. I couldn't do anything. I, I was, they would touch me and I would scream. 
I was in that much, I was in that much pain. And I remember it was on about day six or seven, once I got to the rehab facility, which they moved me there after 10 days of being in the hospital. And it's twice a day, 90 minutes in the morning and another 90 minutes in the afternoon. And about on the fifth or sixth day, I remember the nurse came in and I said, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it. She's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm in too much pain. I'm in absolute agony. I'm in agony. I can't have them moving my body around anymore. I'm, I'm just going to lose it. I, I, I can't do it anymore. And she said that, um, you know, if you don't do the rehab, the, the, the insurance won't pay for you staying here and for, and for, uh, for all the things that, uh, that are happening for you. I said, it doesn't matter. I can't, I, I literally can't do it. My body can't, it's going to break in half. I can't, I can't do it. And she's like, well, what, what should we do? I said, get the doctor, get my, my doctor. He comes in. I told him the truth that I, the pain was so bad. I was so weak. I said, I can't handle anyone. I can't even handle them touching me, let alone them moving my body around. So I would have to bite my tongue to not just scream and scream and scream. So I said, are you willing to give me strong drugs for the next week or two weeks? Because I I can't endure this. I can't. My mind is going to snap. The pain is so high. My mind's going to snap. So he said, yeah, we'll be very careful, but we'll uh, we'll we'll give you very, very, very strong painkillers before each uh, rehab session. And that was that was one of the turning points, because uh, physically it was. Just to even recall it, chance is difficult for me. It was um, that's what enabled me to keep going. And then at a certain point. That's when I was able to kick my leg and that's when. Every, everything changed. I could feel God literally just working right through me. And I said, I don't need anything. I don't need any drugs. I got off of every drug they were giving me. I got off of every medication they were giving me before I even left the rehab. And I was told I could never come off these things. I absolutely need them. Stuff for genetic diseases. I said, I'm, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm going to do it. I'm there. Now I just have to stay focused and keep doing it. So it was, there's no way to explain chance how difficult this was to do. And at the risk of sounding ridiculous, there's only one person that could have done this, me, me. I came here to do this. I came here to prove that it is possible once again to put a destroyed body back together again. So what was those first hundred days like? The most agonizing, the most demoralizing, the most liberating, the most joyful, I was in a state of grace. I felt like I was literally floating. I, 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 could, I could feel God working right through me, holding me through this because there was no way I could do it on my own. It was just too difficult. Um, the first hundred days were unlike anything. And on the hundredth day, exactly, exactly as I said, when I woke up in the ICU, I walked on my own, unassisted. And during that stay, uh, the insurance company provides a wheelchair. Part it's just part of the coverage. You get a you get a wheelchair, and maybe about three weeks into my stay at the rehab, maybe even a little less, the uh, the wheelchair uh, sales rep from the insurance agency shows up, <clears throat> and I was with one of the physical therapists in my room, and he's like, "Oh, okay, RJ, nice to meet you." He goes, "Let's let's design let's design your permanent wheelchair that you'll be able to." 
have delivered to you, you know, one, once you once you leave here, it, take, it takes about six weeks, six to eight weeks for it to, for the wheelchair to be manufactured, and I'll actually come personally and deliver it to you to your house. And I said to him, "How long is this going to take?" He said, six to eight weeks. He said, six to eight weeks. You'll have it after a couple of weeks after, after you're home. I said, oh, I'm not going to need it by then. And he laughed. He, he laughed. He thought I was joking. Like, well, of course you're going to need a wheelchair. You're paralyzed from the chest down. Well, you're not going to need it six to eight weeks. And uh, he laughed. And I looked at him. I said, no, listen, I'm serious. I'm not going to need a wheelchair in six to eight weeks. I'm walking. And he looked at the face because at first he thought it was a joke. And then when I said it a second time, with the look in my eye and the tenor in my voice, he knew I wasn't joking around. And he looked at the physical therapist and she said, no, he's serious. He's absolutely serious. He's going to walk. Now, he had to fulfill the order because it's just part of insurance. So we, we designed my whole wheelchair and I kept telling him, I'm not going to need it. I'm just going to donate it. I'm not going to need it. Right. So fast forward to the end, I was home and he knocks on the door and he's got his wheelchair and I answered the door standing up and he looked at me and his jaw dropped. I said, I told you. So that's awesome. This that's is the level. Awesome. Yeah. This is the level of determination that is required when you have to do the impossible. And that's what I want everyone to know. Yeah. I would love to talk more about the, the determination and the focus level, but you kept using this word agony. And I wanted to shed a little light on that word, because sometimes we say words that they might have a modern definition or colloquial meaning that fits what we're trying to describe. We dig into the etymology of that word, and it actually even more perfectly suits what it is that we met maybe on a higher level. Agon is an ancient Greek term that means contest. Agonia means a, when you say agonia, which is where agony comes from, that's like a struggle or a competition or emulation. Emulation meaning when you are, <laughs> to emulate is like trying to match or surpass some kind of achievement or another person, like imitate something that's already happened. So in, in like the deep roots of the word agony, it's actually describing I'm doing this again. It's not I'm doing it. It's not the first time I'm doing it. So I just thought you might find that kind of interesting how perfect that word actually is to what you're describing. If this is perhaps a feat that you've achieved in a previous life. Uh, yeah, well, without a doubt, um, without being specific, people who take my advanced classes, I talk about um, I go into more specifics about other incarnations. Uh, no, this is not the first time that I've done the impossible. So uh, I'd like to do it every time I'm here, to be quite honest, without being too specific. Uh, I do the impossible every time I'm here because nothing's impossible. That's why. Because just like your invocation stated, when you work with the source point, what I call the driver's seat of the miracle machine, there's absolutely nothing that, that, nothing that is impossible, including literally putting a destroyed body back together. And I knew I was going to do it. I mean, I never had one single thought, and I mean it, not one single thought that I wouldn't triumph over all of this. Not one. And in fact, just to add to that, upon authentic cosmic consciousness, which is beyond enlightenment, believe it or not, self-realization and enlightenment are the same thing. Authentic cosmic consciousness is unification or union with God, 
God consciousness. And so this is what was occurring during, during this. There's no voice in your head anymore. So that, that pattern subconscious egoic mind, right? The societal conditioning, the brainwashing, what I call the ego mind identity, the EMI from a physics perspective also stands for electromagnetic interference, which is all the data stream that's coming in all the time that we're, we're then processing. And then we misidentify ourselves with the, with the data stream. The voice inside the head is gone. Gone. Not even a cheerleader voice. <laughs> no, not, not needed. Not needed. <laughs> Cause I remember for myself, I, I really had turned a corner in life earlier in life when the inner critic uh, was gone and I didn't really have much inner monologue at any point, but every once in a while, this voice would pop into my head. This like chance is totally crushing right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'll take that. You can stay. But uh, I, I kind of get what you mean. I've never really equated the ego mind identity and electromagnetic interference, but that's totally the case. What I like to tell people is the difference between the victimhood and <laughs> authentic creative authority over your life is the realization that life isn't happening to you. You're happening to life. And if you get that back to front, then that's the interference you're talking about. And even if you're not sort of looking at it, like in a blame sense or in any other way that you might identify with victimhood consciously as the currency that it's become in our culture, which is wild, but that, you know, even any little inkling that something happened that was outside of your plan, your control, your manifestation, your patterning in your energy field, <laughs> that's incorrect. So even stuff like, you know, I've worked, I, I work with people in a process called biofield tuning, where we go through and find the roots of their unconscious patterning, if you will, showing them where their traumatic experiences have created artificial personality or expectations about life or themselves that are limiting in some way of their total potential of the goodness in their life experience. And just, just a couple of days ago, we were able to use this process to figure out why this client had the repeated experience of life of every time things were going too well, then some crazy out of the blue thing seemingly would happen that brought all her success toppling down. And I deal with stuff like that all the time with people, help them see what was it in your formative experiences, usually even like in the womb experiences or the birth experience can have a lot to do with it, pre-memory stuff. But there is a reason why certain things happen repeatedly. And a lot of, a lot of us don't even realize that they are on repeat with certain things where the experiences that occur might seem different enough that they're not correlating it, but thematically the feelings <laughs> happen again and again. And I think that that's where there's a lot of power is to figure out, well, what is it that I subconsciously last chose to believe that is creating this ripple outward that's reflecting back to me of here we go again, I'm caught on the loop. <laughs> and it sounds like you're, you're helping people decondition that stuff too in in your own way. And there's tons of ways to do it, but it's, I think that's the key to, <laughs> I don't know, the path towards cosmic consciousness. I'm really curious about, about more of how that feels. And I'll just give it over to you. So I just said a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You did say a lot, Chance. You're brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. So the, my second book, Change Your Mind is all about removing the limitation programs that have been drilled into the subconscious mind. 
the, the subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of the reality that we create. Our thinking mind is only responsible for 5%. So until we're able to bring what is buried within the subconscious into the conscious mind to recognize that that is a program, a limitation program, which runs by thinking. Once we recognize that it is not who we are, we can delete it like an unwanted program from our computer. And the second book, Change Your Mind, gives uh, an absolute robust and repeatable process how everyone can do this. And I've been teaching this to students for, well, the book came out in August, but I've been teaching it to students for years. I decided to formalize it into my second book. But until we recognize the program that we're running, the only thing, just as you said, the only thing that we can do is recycle our experiences. So the reason why we continue to have failed, uh, failed relationships, failed business, failed uh, attempts at getting in shape, failed, it doesn't matter what it is, just pick something, because we're on the same cycle. We're repeating and recycling our experiences because there's a limiting program that has been buried within the subconscious mind. And the liberation or the superhuman has to do with deleting all programs of limitation that happened to all of us through societal conditioning and brainwashing. It happens to everybody. But until you go in and the book lays out how to do it, until you go in, recognize it and see that that does not belong to you until then, the only thing that you can do is recycle your experiences. Now I'll add one more thing to that. The second book, change your mind came out last August, but I had been doing that for years and years and years. And that understanding, the understandings in change your mind predate, supercharged self-healing in terms of the, the, the ascent of frequencies healing technique, these things that I kept doing with myself to unparalyze myself. So I had already removed the limiting beliefs, limiting concepts, roles, ideologies, so-called knowledge, uh, uh, association or identification with the body and therefore bodily experiences. These things I had already cleansed myself of. And I think that really paved the way for me to be able to do, because all I heard from every expert was that it was absolutely impossible. Don't even bother. Don't even bother trying, aren't you? You're just going to get very upset. And they would say that to me. They urged me to to be able to uh, get a trip home so I could retrofit my home before I got there because I was going to be a permanent paraplegic. So I had removed all all of this beforehand, which I think really paved the way for the ability, like I said, to do the impossible. If there are no limiting concepts, beliefs, ideologies or attachments that you have, then everything is on the table, which includes putting your a destroyed body back together. I have a question <laughs> that may or may not be something that's answerable, but what do you think is the relationship between societal conditioning as it seems to be so prevalent? Because like I said, and you gotta, we gotta be very aware of taking and accepting our personal responsibility, but even beyond our individual incarnation, but personal responsibility on the biggest self total level for the condition of not just our life, but the entire world, which is a part of our biofield, but just at, or our psyche, but just at further and further layers out. So what do you think the relationship is between cosmic consciousness or the, the source and singularity and one life and all the dissonance that creates this early life programming negative identity patterning. Is this something do you, do you think that is part of the life experience intentionally for us to have something to work with or work against? Or do you think that there's something wrong <laughs> with something off, off kilter with the, I don't know, that which 
everything originates from that could be fixed? I guess that's the question. Because I've heard both. I've heard both opinions that <laughs> there's like some branches of mysticism that have concepts like heal the world or God is in fragments and we got to put it back together. That's not necessarily what I think, but wanted to know what do you think that relationship is? Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, so in essence, it's both. So without evo- I call it evolutionary tension. Without evolutionary, t- without something pushing down upon you, as a way to say it, right? Without evolutionary tension, there would be no growth. So we know full well. I just remember and can access it now. So we know full well going in what it's like in the lower frequencies of the physical universe, which is exactly where you and I are, and everyone who's going to be watching, listening. We're in the lower frequencies of the physical universe. In fact, we're in the bottom three that band together. They give us a three-dimensional reality, and it's really frequencies. Energy exists frequentially, not dimensionally. Dimensions house frequencies. We're in the bottom three frequencies that band together. They give us the experience of height, weight, width, and therefore what we call a three-dimensional reality. So before we incarnate, we're able to see what it is. It's almost like watching a movie, and we can insert ourselves into the movie. We know everything that's going on here. And what's going on here is, like I said, evolutionary tension. Now, through the evolutionary tension, that's where the growth comes from. And now when I say growth, I want to be specific about that. Growth is the deepening of the reservoir of our love and wisdom who subsets our talents and abilities. That's actually what we are. That's, that's the fractal of God. That's the I am. That's the sentience. It is a divine intelligence. It is our level of love and wisdom who subsets our talents and abilities. That's actually what we are. That's the creator within us all. And that creator is given energy in order to create. And that's the energy that we use to think, emote, animate the body and create experiences that the body has. It's two separate things. What we are is that divine intelligence. So we know this going in. We know that we put ourselves in the most uh, difficult or trying of environments because the potential for growth is greatest. Incarnation is an accelerant. Incarnation into the lower frequencies. Incarnation into the lower frequencies is an accelerant for the evolution of consciousness. And that's why we all do it. That's the reason why. So as a, a silly analogy, think of degree of difficulty. This is what it's really about. So in the Olympics, right, when they do the, 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 the diving off the, the, the diving board, right? So if someone does a swan dive, right, even if they did it perfectly, they don't get a 10. That dive's easy. Swan dive. I can kind of do a swan dive. Right? It's, it's not that difficult, right? So you don't get a 10, even if it's flawless, right? But you get up there and you do a backwards, triple, axle, somersault, flip, right? Whatever, whatever those things are called, right? And you do a really good job with that. that that's like a nine. That could, be, that could be a 9.5 degree of difficulty. So incarnation into the lower frequencies is an accelerant for the evolution of consciousness because of the degree of difficulty. And that's the only people that are here. The only souls that are here are the bravest souls. So that's why we do it. Now, the second part of the question is, is there something wrong? There is no such thing as right or wrong, right? There's only what works and what doesn't work in terms of what you're trying to achieve. So if we start to remove the idea of wrong, things start to make more sense. Things are just more difficult here. And let's be frank about it. A lion, right, is a predator. A shark is a predator. There's many predators, right? I'll just use lion, right? Lion is a predator, right? Okay. Is it evil? Or is it just hungry? 
Right. Okay. And when you take that metaphor even up to humanity, where they can do like willful acts of evil to each other, you still find in the, the large scale or the long run that even the evil serves good. <laughs> even the people who self-identify as evil and then maybe maliciously do things that you would construe as evil, the people they perpetrate that on wind up going through this growth process, becoming stronger, better, more enlightened. And so... Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, you can kind of diffuse the polarity of good and evil by recognizing that in the end, only good is served. So the evil is illusory. Yeah, I would say the only thing that's actually served is evolution and remove and remove right, wrong, good, good, bad, good and evil, because there's low frequency and there's high frequency. Now, from a religious perspective, we talk about good and evil, but that's just societal conditioning and brainwashing. Now, high frequency and low frequency is metaphysics. That's tangible. That's that's authentic. That's real. So when we operate in a high frequency way, and all of us are high frequency beings, no one's from here. When we operate in a high frequency way, that's what we call good or compassionate or wholesome or uh, holistic, right? And when we operate in a low frequency way, that's what we have labeled evil or bad or wrong. So if we can move away, don't go downstream into the labels through the conditioning and just recognize what's really happening is that we're either operating in a high frequency way or a low frequency way. And because we're high frequency beings, what most of us long for is to be able to operate the way that we normally do, which is a high frequency way, which is compassionate, loving, powerful, highly creative of the holistic nature of consciousness, oneness, because that's how things are, where we come from. So for me, I never even use the word spirituality. That's been hijacked. I never use the word good and bad or good and evil because that's a religious perspective. It's just a dirty windshield. Now. The last thing I want to say about this, because you wanted to ask about cosmic consciousness. So I'll, I'll explain the exact moment. What happened? What, what, what does that mean? And what is that, what is that like? What, is, what in the world is really cosmic consciousness? Well, it's unification with God. But what happens is, and I remember I was sitting, sitting in bed. I'd been meditating and meditating and working on myself, channeling energy through my crown chakra into my body, into my body. There was a moment. That I was just lying there in in the bed. And in that exact moment, all so-called knowledge and all experience were seen as the same thing, and it all just fell away. Everything, Everything had been removed. What we call knowledge that we hang our hat on, right? Beliefs, concepts, the whole thing just went like this. They were seen as the same thing, and they just completely and utterly fell away. And the only thing that remained is what I really am and where I really come from, full communion with that. And then you have boundless abilities to access all there is because you are directly and utterly connected, which we all are, but directly and utterly connected to all there is because everything else has actually fallen away. And you see both, you see everything for what it really is. It's nothing. It's an illusion. It's a total illusion. And chance, it literally just does this. It all falls away and you're in full, literally in full communion with God. That, that is what cosmic consciousness is. Sounds like moments in my life where I, everything just kind of like faded to white. (laughs) Like I'd have some epiphany kind of thought and, uh, you know, the room would start to disappear. (laughs) It's a couple of those times were a little too much and I had to like 
shut it off. But I want to back up to a statement you made and just really emphasize this. You said something along the lines of growth is the expansion of our love and wisdom whose subset is our talents and abilities. I think that's really key because one of the conditioning things that prevents people from trying or succeeding, I should say, is the belief in talent, especially with celebrity culture, sports, things like that. We always say, oh, so-and-so, they're so talented. I could never do that. But what I want people to understand is exactly as you just said, is that our talent, talent is an illusion. It's really about aptitude for something. And aptitude is a function of care. So however much care you can bring to bear on something, that's your aptitude for it. And so in that sense, you're as talented as you are inspired to actually want the thing or like the thing, whatever the case may be. But another thing I wanted to uh, ask you while we're in this portion of the show is, do you think somebody who's been paralyzed for a long time, become accustomed to that, could still potentially do what it is that you were able to do in the short time? Uh, if they work with themselves optimally. Yeah. Uh, because <clears throat> the nature of things is, is unlimited. That there, there's, there's no resistance to anything. We create resistance. It's all one thing and it's all connected. There is no resistance. There's no locks and bolts to anything. We create them through an unawakened state, just like victimhood is a concept within the unawakened mind. We co-create every single moment for our own evolution. So anyone can do this. But what I found is that most people are not willing to pay the price as to what it takes. They, they're not willing to go through what it takes. They're not willing to face their fears. They're not willing to let go of everything that led them up to that moment. It also requires a tremendous amount of humility. A tremendous amount of humility. And the ego mind identity doesn't have that. So it doesn't know how to operate from this sort of pure pretending that you just arrived here, no past, no future. And then starting from there. Now to do the impossible, that's what it takes. That's absolutely what it takes. But any anyone can do this if they're willing to dedicate themselves properly. Properly. Now is it easy? Of course not. It's not supposed to be. Is it, is it, is it going to be agonizing, lonely, depressing, terrifying? Yeah, it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's, it's not supposed to be oh, done, right? There's no growth in that. There's no evolution. in that. If it happened instantaneously, there's no growth. There's no evolution. Anyone can do anything because there are no locks and bolts to anything. And me, unparalyzing myself, hopefully, and then writing the step-by-step -step process, the Ascend the Frequencies Healing Technique, what I actually did over and over that I've taught thousands of people who have now overcome things that they've had for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, lifelong things that they've now overcome by using the Ascend the Frequencies Healing Technique. Anyone can do this if they apply themselves properly. And it really comes down to how, how ferocious you're going to be. That's really what it comes down to. If we half-ass something, oh, I want to heal myself. I really want to do it. But, you know, I, you know, I got these other things I have to, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I had one focus, walking. That was it. That was it. One singular pointed focus. 
without stopping until mission accomplished. That's what it takes. And when a human being is ready to work with themselves in that way, they will realize that they really can do anything. But if they're leaking, leaking energy, if they're weakening themselves energetically by having all these different uh, energetic placeholders, that they're putting their energy on this, they're putting their energy on him, they're putting their energy on her. All this, all these different energy, I call them energetic placeholders, where we're putting our energy, we're weakening ourselves energetically. Now, if we stop doing that and all that energy comes back to us, all our power, and we direct that with a single pointedness of focus, that one thing that we're focusing on has a far greater chance of manifesting because we're not weakening ourselves energetically with all these other energetic placeholders. So that is that is what it takes. I've seen people do incredible things to understanding what it is that I'm talking about and then using the ascend the frequency healing technique. But for most people, they're still playing the limitation program of the societal conditioning and brainwashing about what's possible, what's not possible in terms of what their doctor told them or what they read in college or whatever. That doesn't mean anything. If we can start to remember that we are a creator and not a consumer, then those things don't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. I had the most well-meaning, highly educated very skilled people tell me that what I was doing was absolutely impossible. And they would just tell me over and over again, well, my experience, RJ, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing these surgeries for 30 years. I've been working with people for 40 years and no one ever gets better. And I used to say in the kindest way, what the hell does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with me? What does your experience, you, what does that have to do with me? And this look on their face, they'd be like, well, nothing, but I did that. And then they would, the caveat is, but I don't want you to get your hopes up. So when we start to operate truthfully, which is that we're a creator, an unlimited, immortal creator, a fractal of God, then we'll cease being a consumer, a consumer of opinions, a consumer of so-called knowledge, a consumer of all these different things that are just limitation programs. So this is why I knew at the core that I was going to put myself back together because I had removed them. I had removed the limitation program. So it didn't matter what people were saying to me. I was going to do what I set out to do. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I have, okay. So I'm really interested in this element you brought up uh, in, involving having a single point of focus on what it is that you want to change or you want to heal or manifest, et cetera. And I think what, you talked about energetic placeholders and a lot of that limitation program, you know, it took me a long time to bust out of it myself was the belief that, well, to survive, I have to do a certain amount of shit that I do not want to do. <laughs> and if I don't do that stuff, then I'm not going to make it when and ended up like there was never going to be a point where, okay, now I've got enough of a safety net that I can stop doing that stuff. So I can just do the stuff that I want to do. Uh, eventually the point comes where you just got to, do the whole leap of faith thing and realize that if your single pointed focus is on what it is that, you know, you're meant here, meant to be here to do, then other elements of reality will come in and fill the gap of what needs to be filled that you're not putting your attention on that supports what it is that you are putting your attention on to put it more, maybe simply, or like to, to phrase this into a question is you think for healing to take place, People ought to strongly consider leaving like, like occupations that they don't like or things that they feel obligated to do habitually. The rat race, the hamster wheel, the Kronos time loop that most people are in, in the days of the week. That if somebody who was authentically ready to heal or shift something in their life 
Do you think if they quit doing the stuff that they didn't like so that they could only focus on the one thing that they needed or they wanted that unexpected support would show up to support that goal, even if they had no idea how it was going to get there? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So the first thing I say to people is that the, the, the first most important step in healing is that you have to give yourself permission to heal. You have to give yourself permission to heal because your doctor might not give it to you, or your, your clergy or your husband or your wife or your chiropractor or your pharmacist or whoever. Give yourself permission to heal and start from there. And then start to recognize what are you putting your, that's number one. And then what are you putting your attention on? These energetic placeholders that we talked about before, right? Are we leaking all our power in a direction that has nothing to do with what it is that we truly want to achieve? And why are we doing it? Out of fear. Out of fear. Well, I, just like you were talking about, I have to have enough of a savings. I have to have enough. Those are all decisions based upon fear and a lack of faith in yourself. That's what those things are based upon. I mean, let's, let's call, let's, let's, let's be accurate. Right. So if we stop putting our energy over here and doing this and doing that, because we're afraid to take the because eventually we just take the leap of faith. Why not do it now? And save yourself a whole bunch of BS. And then use all that energy that you've been leaking and doing things that you don't want to do anyway. Right. So take the leap of faith now, but start off with giving yourself permission to heal and then put all of your attention because where your attention goes, your energy flows. Only put your attention on what you want to grow. And if you're not in in like dire shape health wise and permission to heal doesn't resonate quite so powerfully for you, but there is a lot going on in your life that you would like to change. You can shift that that idea to permission to have fun, permission to enjoy life, permission to do what it is that you actually feel you're supposed to be doing or that it is fulfilling. All levels of permission are like for me, it was more about permission to to have fun and enjoy my life and not have to like feel slaved out to stuff just for survival. Yeah, you you got it. I mean, the, the, the slave mentality is the societal conditioning and brainwashing. I mean, we quantify our existence based upon how productive we are. Only a slave is. Right. And that's part of the societal conditioning and the brainwashing. So just like you said, Chance, once we make this shift, whether it's give yourself permission to heal, give yourself permission to have fun, give yourself permission to be successful in business, give yourself permission to get in great shape, give yourself permission to have a loving, happy relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. As you said, what, what difference does it make? It's all an act of creation. This whole thing is an act of creation. That's what this is. And the more of the limiting programs that are buried within your subconscious that you removed the more that you're going to feel the truth and the more that you're going to be able to create a life that is symbolic and representative of your unlimited nature. That's how it works. So we have to all do the work. We all have to do the work. This isn't just like, oh, I understand that mentally, RJ. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. There has to be a felt sense knowingness. It has to be tangible. It has to be experiential. And then once it's tangible and experiential, that is a very specific frequency <clears throat> that we start emanating. And the, outs- the so-called outside world will mirror and amplify whatever it is that you are emanating. That's how it actually works. 
So the more that it's felt, sensed, tangible knowingness, the more the outer world will reflect that. And that's that's the age that we, we have officially moved into. And that's what Gnosis is. These, these are understanding more aspects of the self, which is the only real knowledge that exists, is self-knowledge, which is Gnosis, not mental knowledge. That's actually the delusion and the illusion. And that's what that's what gets people in trouble in the first place, is they overthink, they overanalyze because they've been brainwashed and conditioned so heavily that they think that thinking their way through things is actually the answer. It's not. It absolutely isn't. It's letting all that go and giving yourself permission, like you said, to heal or to have fun or to create the life that you desire. And it's so simple when we look at it this way. Give yourself permission to create the life that you really want. And then the program, I would go, yeah, but RJ, but what about this? What, da, 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 da. I used to say all the time, Chance, there are no but whatabouts. There are no but whatabouts. I don't care about the but whatabouts. Work with what works and forget everything, forget everything else, right? So this, this leap, like you said, take the leap of faith, give yourself permission, and then don't put your energy on all these things that you don't want to grow. Only put your energy on what you want to grow. That will serve anyone eternally 100% and allow them to manifest the life they really want. Man, well said. We can... We can flesh that out even more, but we're at the good point for the halfway transition. So can you tell people a little bit about your website, your book, your courses, what kind of things that you're offering there? So they know what they might be able to get into by pursuing your work further. Sure, sure. So the website, excuse me, the website is Ascend the Frequency, really long URL, sendthefrequencies.com. Uh, you'll you'll find links to my entire 2024 schedule was just posted. So I'm teaching a, a litany of classes and courses. I'm doing a live event, a three day live event in San Diego, the end of uh, February, the 23rd, 24th, 25th. Uh, I'm doing a, uh, a a retreat in the island of Kauai, the last two days of May and the first four days of June. And there's still that's a very small event, but there's I think there's still a possibility to be able to book that to, to join. Uh, and there are a litany of courses that you can sign up on the wait list for. I teach a course called self-mastery, what exists beyond enlightenment, I'm teaching a course called the Bible deconstructed. I'm going through aspects of the Bible and actually decoding what's really there and what was really being talked about. I'm teaching a course called Change Your Mind, which is based upon my second book, Change Your Mind. I'm teaching a course called Supercharged Self-Healing Live, where we're taking the teachings in my first book, Supercharged Self-Healing, and go and going even further. And I'm working with people with the entire class. And as we're doing the healing techniques, I'm actually working on everyone. As we're doing it together, I'm working on everyone. There's uh, teacher certification courses, the first time I've ever doing that in 2024. If any of the things that Chance and I are talking about that are of interest to you, and I'm sure some of it is, just go to ascendthefrequencies.com and take a look at the course list and put yourself, just put yourself on the waiting list. It doesn't mean you've, you, you bought it. Just put yourself on the wait list and then you, you'll be sent information about those courses. And of course, my first uh, two books are out now, Supercharged Self-Healing, which is in its eighth printing. It's incredible. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. Change Your Mind, which came out of uh, the Lionsgate of August 8th of uh, 2023, uh, which was an instant bestseller. Uh, that's available on Amazon. And my third book, which is not uh, 
hasn't been released yet. That's called Access Superconsciousness, which has 24 different meditations and 24 eternal teachings in that book. That can be pre-ordered on Amazon. So the, the key is, and you can sign up for the newsletter on the website. I have a YouTube channel, probably a hundred hours at this point, there's probably a hundred hours of uh, free uh, enlightened metaphysics material that I've put out uh, on my website, uh, on my YouTube channel and Instagram. I do uh, daily, daily quotes and updates on what's going on. And the Instagram is RJ Spina, send the frequencies and YouTube is RJ Spina, send the frequencies. Good stuff, man. Really excited to dig into some other areas that maybe more far out stuff, particularly curious about your Bible deconstructed. That totally resonates with a lot of the content that I put out over here. But man, it's been awesome getting to know you so far. Looking forward to part two. Thanks for being here. Everybody, make sure you go hit up the show notes for the links to everything RJ just laid out and yeah trust trust yourself you got this (laughs) permission to have fun permission to heal all right we'll see everybody on the other side ladies and gentlemen rj spina give it up that is a miracle story beyond anything i've ever heard but totally fits within the realm of what i believe to be possible based on my own experience with energetics and with healing how it all works So I I might meander a little bit through this outro, a bit rusty. Crazy how a short time off can sort of throw you outside of your normal feeling flow state. So, you know, excuse that. I don't know why I felt like I had to make that disclaimer, but here we are. Took a nice week of relaxation at the end of the year. And I'm definitely feeling like I'm raring to go for 2024. Lots of stuff to cover, lots to talk about, particularly I really like this thread from the recent episode with Keith Parker and then RJ today about, you know, the superpowers of consciousness that are totally possible for us to tap into that seem like they're our birthright, but maybe the techniques have been lost and the techniques are so simple and they heavily rely on the imagination or I should say maybe emerge out of the imagination. You know, in reflection on 2023, I think it was a great year for me, probably the best year of my life. I think I would say that every year, more or less, but it was a year of getting the hang of all of the changes that come along with the leap of faith out of your Babylon job and into doing your full-time freak flow. So that itself, I feel like I got that all under my belt. I'm ready to continue being a human tuner and podcaster combo. And, you know... (laughs) I'm going to be honest, I felt like I stagnated a bit towards the end of the year. And in reflection, in my time on a break, I've realized that I think the issue was the dream. (laughs) We reach these levels where we achieve a dream, even something that seemed impossible to us at first. And if we're not ready to replace that dream that we've achieved with something else to grow into, things can store sort of, you know, Start, start to diminish or spiral downward. And I'm definitely loving my life and where I'm at right now. But I, I think the next move for me is to start dreaming bigger, wider, more complete wholeness perspective on what would the best expect, the best possible outcome for my life be, you know, next. So that's where I'm at working on my next dream. 
Uh, I'll let you know how that goes. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I could I could hold steady. I could hold the course. I'm happy with where I'm at, but I definitely want to expand. But anyway, enough about that. I think we should discuss what we just got into with RJ. So it has been a solid two weeks since I had the conversation. I've had a lot of time to reflect on it. been really excited, kind of burning a hole in my pocket to have this recorded but not premiered yet. And uh, I guess we'll just start with what's happening in hour two. Hour two is the plus extension. You can get that on Rockfin and on Patreon. Links will be in the show notes for that. So we started hour two with the you know, talking more about what it meant for RJ to channel free energy, zero point energy to reignite the dead nerves of his spine or how that can be applied to heal any area of the body. And then really cool. He gave us a walkthrough of maybe like an introduction to the ascend the frequencies healing technique. So essentially what he did where we were channeling energy through our crown chakra. If you were there for that in the second hour or you want to tune in by becoming a plus member, you will get a guided energetic channeling. And I'll just say about that. I remember definitely feeling it and I've done it a few times since the conversation. I got to keep this in my toolkit, right? One thing that really stood out to me after I did the ascend the frequencies crown chakra energy channeling live or at the time live with RJ is all the rest of that day. I just kept having this flood of great ideas. You know, that was kind of the, the, I think that that was a clue for me about the dreaming bigger, growing into the next dream of what I want and what, what I'm here to do was that this technique is something I should probably utilize to help manifest the next dream or the next ideas. It definitely had that effect. It definitely got the inspiration and ideas flowing. Anyway, we also talked about replacing <laughs> replacing thinking with thanking to clear the way for ideas and, again, inspiration. So there's a lot about that in the second hour. And then RJ talked a bit about his uh, Bible Deconstructed series and his perspective about Ascended Masters reincarnating here on the plane. That was very interesting to me. It definitely fits with a lot of the stuff that I've decoded about the esoteric, uh, the mystery school tradition, what was believed about cycles. We talked about the protagonos, the emanations of the absolute, you know, that first cause, first born of the first cause, the savior, the trunk of the tree. You know, I like to bring that up with mystics, see what they think, if I can maybe get a few pieces of that puzzle to put together. And then we talked about uh, marrying astrotheology, theosophical ideas, and the idea of ascended masters. So that's something RJ is really into. I've been more skeptical in my life about ascended masters as an idea, but it does maybe seem to be something to it. I'm open to it. I'll keep asking questions. That's really what I'm here for. One of the things that RJ said that stuck out with me in the episode is that growth is the expansion of our love and wisdom, whose subset is our talents and abilities. I think he said that, or I heard that somewhere. <laughs> It's been it's I heard that somewhere and I was like, I got to put that into the into the second hour. It must have been RJ that said it. I'm sorry. I didn't go listen to the interview again before doing the outro. But growth is the expansion of our love and wisdom whose subset is our talents and abilities. That is so profound because I like to say that talents aren't really something you're necessarily born with. Uh, there's some things that you can do better than others. Of course, there's like biological, physiological. 
tall people might be better at basketball. All of that is true. But when it comes to aptitude, aptitude is a function of care. So the expansion of our love and then the acquisition of wisdom is what leads us to growth because growth, it comes out naturally of us applying our love and wisdom to our abilities, you know? So I hope you guys had a great 2023. I like the sound of 2024 a little better, to be honest. It's definitely going to be a big year over here at Interverse HQ. We're doing some new stuff that we kicked off kind of at the latter end of 2023. Got a TikTok now doing doing clips and shorts, stuff like that. Helping to spread the word of this podcast and the wisdom of the guests to uh, you know the, the short form content audience who might be hungry for something like this, but not necessarily know about it. So if you guys do TikTok and I'm not calling you tard, but if you do that and you want to follow Interverse on TikTok and repost the stories, that'll help because there, there's this weird thing that's happened and I'm kind of late to jump on the boat, but TikTok is like a, a search engine now for a wide swath of the population. And anything that you guys do to help share the podcast is really helpful. Uh, you're our marketing department. We got, you know, you're, you're our ability to cut through the shadow banning and all of that and the noise, you guys sharing it. And as I always like to say, I think the most effective share is a direct share to one person who you think would resonate with that particular piece of content rather than kind of the shotgun blast to groups and stuff. I appreciate that too. It's all good. So, as we're getting our way out of this outro, I'd like everybody to consider all the different ways you can support the podcast. There's Tippecanoe Herbs. Get yourself some tinctures or other herbal medicinal concoctions from Kyle over there. Use the coupon code Interverse to get 10% off. There's, of course, the audiobooks I've done with Dylan, Spirit World Series. That's definitely a scratch my back. I scratch yours type of uh, support. You get some priceless knowledge and I get a little bit of royalties kickback. Love that. And then best of all, you can work with me directly for some biofield tuning. I mean, if you just heard this guy's story about healing paralysis with channeling energy using his higher mind. You know that the mind has a lot to do with our capacity to heal. That's and hurt. It's all in the mind. Everything. I'm a figment of your imagination. You ever think about that? You're a figment of my imagination. <laughs> uh, there, all of these Marvelous Demystifiers episodes have had me really thinking differently about like uh, Crowley and esotericism. Not that he ha has any ownership over a certain occult tradition, but there's something I heard that's attributed to Crowley that. There is no man but God. And if you get that back to front, then it sounds like he's saying there's no God but man. But, you know, one of the threads that I want to investigate and pull on further in the coming year is the idea that Adam, the uh, Adam Cadmon, the first, because <laughs> hopefully you understand, Adam is uh, uh, the first incarnation of Jesus. It's the same guy. It's God's, it's the son of God, right? He reincarnates over and over again, according to the doctrine. And I want to consider the possibility that the son of God is actually 
I mean, apart from the S-U-N sun, which may be just part of this realm or construct that we're in, but that the world itself, the universe itself is actually Jesus or is actually Adam or is the savior, is the, the, the demiurge, the creator God. There's a lot of reason to think that, but one little nugget I came across that seems to support that idea is that one of the meanings of ADM, Aleph, Dalet, Mem, has to do with the same idea or the same meaning as the Greek word cosmos, which is the universe. It's the whole, the whole creation. There's been so much pushback against the idea from religion that the creation isn't the creator or something along those lines. But do we really know that? Do we really know that? I mean, if we consider the deity to be omnipresent, well, what's more omnipresent than the world, right? Is it philosophically sound to think that the creator is outside of his creation? Or is it a paradox that it, it's all the same thing? It's all one thing. I don't know. Just kind of spitballing here, just thinking out loud. Been a while since I was behind the microphone, getting my sea legs back. Lots of fun stuff planned for the coming year, though. Hope you guys will continue along for the ride. Don't forget about supporting the podcast on Patreon or Rockfin. That's where you're going to get the second hour of this episode. Highly worth your time. And that's how I make a living. So I'm going to play you guys out with a track by my buddy, Mike, a.k.a. My Own Eyes. If you like him, check him out on SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever you get your music. And guys, I just hope you had a blessed holiday. I sure did. Spent a lot of quality time with the wifey. It's our first Christmas together as a married couple. <laughs> Got me this badass game. It's a I'm a I'm a sucker for tabletop, like complicated board games or card games. She got me this one that's based on The Witcher, which I'm also obsessed with mildly. And uh we played that a lot. So much fun. Yeah, it's called The Old World. Check it out. Worth your time if you like this kind of nerdy games. And she got me this cool, really nice hoodie. It's got buttons on it. Trippy pattern. It's exactly my style. So thank you, Jennifer, for being a great wife and for making all the clips that are on our new TikTok. Everybody go check that out. Uh, also, you can follow me on Instagram. I know those aren't the coolest places in the world to announce that you're at, but it is a good way to spread the word. And I hope you guys do. And until uh, next time, much love to you all and be good. And bye. Yeah.